Today, we have another Students Talk Security podcast. I'm with Dr. McAdams, who is a faculty member at the University of Notre Dame in the Department of Political Science, where he holds the William Elm Scholl Endowed Chair in International Affairs. His primary fields of research and teaching are in comparative politics and international relations and political history. <clears throat> he is also a fellow of the Helen Kellogg Institute of International Studies and the Joan B. Kroc Institute for International Peace Studies. All of these institutes are affiliates of Notre Dame's Keough School of Global Affairs. He also has a passion for political philosophy. Today, we will be talking about the destabilizing effects of lies or the lack of truth from politicians and political figures and what effect that has on the country, particularly a liberal democracy. A well-educated citizenry is important to the democratic process and with the advent of social media, information and misinformation are quickly and easily disseminated to the public. This information divides and gives such that the truth becomes difficult to find. Dr. McAdams' class on truth and politics addresses the danger of losing sight of the truth and the dangers presented by misinformation to liberal democracies. I'm Zoe Desch, and I, I'm going to be asking the questions today. Um, Dr. McAdams, first, I'd like to ask about the importance of information. So both telling lies and telling the truth could have impacts on domestic politics and national security. So I want to ask you, why lie? Why would a politician lie? Well, there are different reasons why a politician would lie, some of which might be uh, his or her conception of what will serve the public good, uh, some of which will be perfectly uh, self-interested or solely self-interested. And I think there's a very um, important distinction between these two uh, because uh, although there's certainly many noble politicians in liberal democracies and there must be, um, there always has to be an understanding that the point of democratic leadership is to represent the world accurately uh, as opposed to putting one's own interests uh, ahead of, uh, of the interests of the whole community. Yes, and um, so what what is the impact of a lie, particularly a politically motivated lie, on a liberal democracy, and what impact do you think it has on the stability of that liberal democracy? Well, this is an extremely interesting question right now when one focuses on impact, um, because uh, if you take the United States, for example, uh, we have a culture at the moment in which uh, political lies are have become commonplace. They're part of our reality. And um, when you hear them, uh, or different types of lies, uh, you, you recognize them, or at least many people recognize them, I would hope. Uh, however, one of the big mysteries about lying in the United States today is that um, the public doesn't necessarily respond in the same way. So uh, it's, I think, uh, very clear that, uh, and the Washington Post has demonstrated it, that uh, Donald Trump uh, lies, stretches the truth, misrepresents the truth, uh, misrepresents what he has said before and is well documented. The Post has collected over 16,000 of these, uh, if you want to call them lies, some of them clearly are, 
Others might be misrepresentations. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, one part of the American public uh, recognizes them as lies and disapproves that of that. Uh, another segment either recognizes them as lies and doesn't care um, or simply is not interested in um, pursuing what's actually true and accepts them at face value. And uh, this is a big problem because uh, uh, the whole idea of a functioning liberal democracy is that uh, the people get together um, either via institutions or they get together uh, directly uh, in various forms of associations uh, to exchange views. And um, in particular, uh, democracy requires a certain humility. Uh, and the humility is simply the attitude that um, you, you uh, may fervently believe your position is true, but in recognition of the fact that you're a fa fallible human being, um, you accept the possibility that it uh, needs to be corrected or that it needs to be affirmed in a different way. So therefore, a leader who lies, who just pre presents falsehoods as true, um, interferes with uh, the possibility that uh, um, you can have a viable democratic community. Uh, and also, again, back to my other point, um, the mystery in the United States today is why do a lot of people not care that politicians lie to them? Yeah. Do you have an answer for that? Or is that. <laughs> why do they not care? <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, in the case of uh, uh, Donald Trump, uh, there are interesting uh, uh, reasons for that. Uh, some of it is that um, when people hear the lies, they might contest their factuality, but they might say, well, I'm, I'm glad he's doing that because he's shaking up the system and he's sticking it to the people in power. Others, um, because they feel like their interests haven't been represented in the past, uh, uh, buy into the argument that he is telling the truth to power. Um, he's telling the truth to power, to all of the old elites who, um, he argues, and other people argue, are part of a, of a deep state um, that has itself deliberately misrepresented the truth and, and presented it, or de deliberately lied, perhaps, and prevented, uh, presented falsehood as, as truth. So there are all these dynamics that come into play. Um, and uh, they're enhanced by the fact that uh, you know, human beings uh, have an enormous capacity to rationalize, um, to, to rationalize the positions that they're in. And uh, so human beings uh, can live a life of, idea, of lies. They can deny them. They can uh, uh, fail to reflect upon them. Uh, they can come up with so-called alternative facts and alternative truths. And um, 
that's part of the human experience. But again, it gets back to democracy. Can you have a viable democracy when those aspects of human nature are the most important? And the answer is you can't. And this applies mm -hmm. as well uh, when we think about just the, the good of the community. Um, if you look at the way that uh, uh, scientists are depicted uh, by politicians, particularly out of the White House, uh, the, the idea that scientists are somehow uh, liars or misinformed or representatives of special interests um, has proven to be enormously destructive. Uh, first of all, we can see this in the case of the coronavirus where um, we've successfully become number one in something, which is the number of deaths, the number of cases, the number of ex excess deaths, as epidemiologists call them. And secondly, in the case of global climate change uh, and the fact that there is a scientific consensus. So uh, as I tell my students, um, if, if you know, people tell you that coronavirus is not a pandemic, or they tell you um, that global climate change and its causes are untrue, um, then they're either uninformed or in many, many cases, they're lying. Mm -hmm. So uh, it seems like what you're saying right here is lies in politics, particularly about um, the environment and um, the current epidemic, uh, it's sort of a ubiquitous threat to different fronts of national security simply because it misrepresents how big of a threat they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. absolutely right. And, um, you know, anything uh, to the extent that our leaders uh, fail to take these issues seriously, uh, mm -hmm. that has ramifications for all of our relations with other countries. And um, if you think about our relationship with, with Europe, uh, which has really never been worse than uh, in the last few years, um, lying uh, simply, um, uh, you know, it, it weakens our interests uh, more and more. And right now we're in a very weak position uh, with both our allies and our adversaries um, because we're not perceived to be a fair player. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about adversaries. Um, yeah. In this current election, we have two very prominent states that have a, a dog in this fight, so to speak, that also have uh, been known to utilize underhanded tactics. And the two states I'm talking about are Russia and China, who have sort of opposing interests where Russia would prefer to see that Trump stays and China would prefer to see that he goes. Um, in terms of the misinformation spread from the Kremlin and China, uh, would you say because of the precedent set of people being allowed to live in their own realities and rejecting uh, truth or accepting lies so easily, would you say that uh, this gives more power to um, out of out of uh, out of country sources of information? Sure. Well, I mean, they're both authoritarian 
countries. And uh, their leaders are in the position to uh, dictate reality to a, a greater extent than is the case here. Um, in my view, uh, while uh, leaders in both countries lie, and one could even argue that uh, you know, internationally, uh, 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 political leaders lie. They, you know, uh, one definition of a diplomat, a 19th century diplomat, is that he or she are sent abroad to lie for their country. And so there's truth to that. Uh, but I, I think that the lies currently are different and the threats are different. And here I actually have a somewhat controversial rule, uh, view, although I think I'm right, uh, which is that um, ICS is essentially a war with Russia. Oh. And uh, maybe war uh, by, another, by other means. Um, but uh, there's not a scintilla of doubt in any intelligence agency's uh, mind or in, in my mind or uh, Robert Miller's mind that the Russians have and are continuing to uh, influence our elections. Well, uh, that's a form of war because that's a declaration of war against the political system of another power. Um, and uh, in this case, uh, the Russians' ability to uh, use uh, uh, advanced forms of technology and communications um, to influence our political system is simply stunning. It's, mm -hmm. it's simply uh, stunning and it is uh, very, very frightening. Uh, mm -hmm. Frightening because we're familiar with how they acted four years ago, but we won't know for a couple of weeks probably uh, how far they will take uh, their efforts to uh, interfere with our elections, um, how, what the next steps that they will take will be. Um, but I find it practically petrifying uh, because as I said, um, they've declared war against us. Uh, mm -hmm. I think in the case of China, I don't see China engaging in the same kind of actions. Uh, China's primary interests, uh, which do have a certain amount of lying and deception and spying, are economic. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, China, uh, Xi Jinping at the moment, is um, not focused on taking down the American democratic system. Uh, so there's mm. a distinction there. And certainly about coronavirus, they've engaged in a lot of lying, um, but also a lot of ex exchange of uh, scientific data. And the Chinese did provide uh, the American administration with uh, significant amounts of data about the COVID pandemic in January. And um, at least uh, it was ignored by politicians. Mm. Or, or coming up. Yes, and um, there is, I certainly agree that there is a distinction between Russia and China, particularly the uh, vessels through which they spread misinformation. Russian trolls have famously been utilizing social media as individual users in order to spread misinformation, while China has a number of official newspapers, online blogs, and other 
online sources that are clearly connected to the Chinese government. So I certainly do agree that uh, there is a marked difference in the level of um, misinformation and uh, propaganda, I guess. Um, and finally, I want to ask you, what is the impact of politicians embracing these lies particularly in election season. Um, I mean, we've brought up Trump already. Uh, he has retweeted some information that's thought to have been spread by Russian trolls or other uh, sources of mis misinformation. So in your view, what impact does this have, uh, one, on democracy, but two, on overall truth and politics? I think it spreads confusion. And, uh, you know, confusion is his path to re-election, or he sees it as his path to re-election. Um, he, uh, the way that uh, he, he presents uh, this information is uh, clever in many respects. Uh, he doesn't say this is true. Uh, and one can observe this, what he generally says is, People are saying that, but I don't know if it's true. And so people are saying that we already have a vaccine for COVID. Or people are saying that, you know, Joe Biden, you know, I don't, I don't know what, that uh, he attacks he's dogs. Senile. Or yeah. he's senile or whatever. People say that. And, but in itself, that's uh, a form of, of lying. It's, it's, it's designed to confuse people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there, there are some people, again, who will say, well, it's not exactly factually accurate, but it's a good thing what he's doing. And in my view, uh, it's, it's just absolutely destructive, uh, particularly because it undermines American confidence, the public's confidence in our electoral system. I mean, right now, uh, who's to say what will happen uh, in November? But also over the years, uh, in the coming years, who's to say what impact this will have? Because as I was thinking about today, I always pretty much like most Americans took for granted the idea that you voted, that the system was safe, and that your, your vote would be represented. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so that to the extent that this is eroded, you know, it's, it's not just eroded by a single person. Um, where it doesn't simply erode democracy in 2020, but it puts any leader into the position where when they act, their actions will be called into question, uh, mm -hmm. where trust will be eroded. Um, and trust is particularly important here. Uh, you, can't, you can't hold a liberal democracy together without trust. Dictatorships have another mechanism they use force. Uh, we like to think that we don't, uh, you know, we don't want to deploy uh, state violence to hold our country together. Well, if trust is eroded, then the question is, what will keep us together? And particularly at a time now in which uh, there's so much polarization. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of examples for that, uh, just today, I saw an article where Trump claimed that he would not accept uh, the results of the election if he didn't win because it would be uh, uh, somehow 
it would have been cheated on if he loses. Yeah. So um, even then, uh, so there there is no evidence of the um, elections being tampered with in any big way by somehow bringing in people who can't vote or um, using the names of dead people. But um, he he's spreading this idea that it will be uh, um, an unfair election if he loses, yeah. which uh, that well, in and of itself. And this, you know, I hadn't heard about today's uh, claim, uh, but it's it's very disturbing. And it, not only because you would say it, but because it would not bother people, that, that they wouldn't think, gee whiz, um, how can we hold our country together in this circumstance? And um, so again, it's a deep manifestation of the, the erosion of, of trust. Um, I, there, there has not been a time, to my, to my recollection, when any president has even come close to, you know, intimating that, that he wouldn't accept the results of an election. It's uh, uh, quite disturbing. And like I say, I, I haven't, I hadn't heard this about this particular claim until today. Mm -hmm. um, so, but then it, it raises the question. It gets back to, well, if you've eroded trust, then how do you hold the country together? And if he refuses to accept the results of the election, then how do you hold the country together? And what does he do if he loses and refuses to accept the results? of the election. Um, mm -hmm. So in a way, it, 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 you know, part of it gets back to the idea that, you know, uh, every time somebody lies, you know, there's the potential, the Pinocchio potential, that it'll lead to another lie and another lie and another lie. Um, in this case, uh, the consequences could be just devastating for everyone, which brings me back to the mystery of why this would not bother people that he would make such a claim. Mm -hmm. I mean, why have an election if, if in his mind, he's already won? Why even have yeah. an <laughs> Why bother? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of uh, how great a threat it is to national security, it seems as though uh, on a very basic level, uh, it's a very uh, present uh, danger to our very form of government. Yeah. Um, well, and in this, this like, is where, I'm sorry, please. Go on. I'm going to ask uh, my final question. Yeah, I was just going to say this is what's relevant to international security, because if Russia is engaging in a new form of uh, of um, warfare with us and this happens, then they win and we lose. Mm -hmm. Yes. They get what they um, want in the first place. Yeah. Uh, for my final question, if you'd just like to do a short blurb because it's a very complicated question. <laughs> okay. uh, how does one begin to combat or correct this misinformation or tendency to accept misinformation uh, given that many sources can be well organized or be um, very legitimized by some politicians? Well, there are two levels. One is through institutions. Uh, well, and I would say also education, but through institutions uh, um, like um, 
the suppliers of uh, platforms for the spread of information like Facebook, that they impose new rules, uh, government regulations, another possibility, education's another possibility. And at the same time, uh, it's equally important that uh, politicians demonstrate to people, to all people, that they have their interests at heart. And part of the Trump phenomenon, a large part of it, is the fact that many people simply don't believe that politicians are looking out for them. The way to solve that problem is to look out for them. Yes, I, yes, that's, that's a good point. All right, thank you so much for uh, coming here and talking with me, Dr. McAdams. Uh, this has been another episode of, students talk, of the Students Talk Security Podcast. This episode was titled, Tell Me a Whopper, Lies in Politics. Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank the audience for uh, listening to us and uh, hope you learned something today. If you'd like to follow the Notre Dame International Security Center seminar series, please visit our website at politicalscience.nd.edu forward slash n-d-i-s-c forward slash or follow us on Twitter at hashtag N-D underscore I-S-C. Please note that opinions expressed in the seminar series are solely those of the participants or speakers, not of the International Security Center or the University of Notre Dame, which take no institutional position. Music for this podcast is licensed under Sample Swap.